magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIBC. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. We're so glad you're with us on this holiday weekend. Man, we hope you're ready for Christmas. I hope you're enjoying uh, your Hanukkah, whatever holiday you happen to be celebrating. Uh, I hope you're there. hope you're having fun. hope your family's in town. hope you're having the best possible time you can this time of the year. Special time of the year. It's a time of the year that means a lot to me and I'm sure to a lot of us, it's a time of year that means a lot to us as as gun owners and as people who who care about our Second Amendment rights. And we're going to get into what's already been posted, what's been filed in the Indiana General Assembly in terms of bills that will either enhance, protect your Second Amendment rights or, or when, when you really get in and dissect them. Uh, what may uh, uh, seek to completely eradicate, or at least in large part, er- eradicate your Second Amendment rights. And boy, there's a whole bunch on either side of that equation. But in the meantime, um, let's, let's, let's keep it holiday-focused for just a bit. And a question I get all the time, and I've addressed this here on the air before, so if you've heard this before, uh, forgive me. But a question I get all the time is, it'll say, hey, man, it's Christmas. Can I buy my loved one, my significant other, uh, my son or daughter, can I buy them a firearm? Is that legal? I'm not buying it for me. I'm buying it for someone else. I'm going to buy it as a gift to give uh, here on Christmas. And the answer to that is, and a lot of people say, oh, no, you, you, because you, 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 you have to fill out the form. It's called a Form 4473 that you fill out in the gun store. And if you lie on this form, it's a crime. It's a serious crime. It's uh, several years in federal prison. And one of the questions on that form is, are you the actual purchaser of the firearm? And for instance, if somebody gives you money, goes, oh, man, you go into the gun store, you know, here's 650 bucks. I really want you to go down there and, and pick up that SIG 365X macro. I mentioned that because that's a gun I have and a gun I kind of like. So somebody goes, hey, man, you're going to the gun store. Save me a trip. Here's my money. Pick up that gun for me. When you fill out that form, if you check yes, I'm the actual purchaser of the firearm, and you're using someone else's resources. You've received things of value in exchange for your purchasing that firearm with the intent to then transfer it to the other person then you're lying when you say, I'm the actual purchaser of the firearm, and that can get you in trouble. And that has been prosecuted. 
We've seen it. For instance, um, Glock has something, I think it's called the Blue Line Discount, something along those lines. And law enforcement officers can buy Glocks under a discount program for law enforcement. I think that's great. They can buy them for their personal use. In other words, not necessarily through their department. And I think it's a significant discount. I mean, it's, I don't know, 20, 25%, something like that. It can save you 100 bucks, 150 bucks, whatever it might be. And there was a case where a guy posted on Facebook. He was bragging, saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, my cousin, my friend, my brother, whatever it was, is a law enforcement officer and was able to buy my new Glock, whatever, Glock 43X, and saved me 100 bucks because I gave him the money and he picked it up. Isn't that awesome? And they both got prosecuted. The officer got prosecuted for lying on the form saying he was the actual purchaser when he received money. So why is that different and why does that allow you here at Christmas to purchase a firearm as a gift for someone else? It's because if you use your own resources, you use your own money and go to the gun store and buy it with the intent to transfer it to someone as a gift... Yes, you are the actual purchaser. You intend to transfer it as a gift. But you're still the actual purchaser. And so you're not lying on the form. It's also not a straw purchase as long as you're purchasing the firearm with the intent to gift it to someone who's not a prohibited possessor themselves. If someone says, hey, man, I'm a felon, but, you know, we're really good friends. Why don't you... Do me a solid, go down to the gun store and and buy me a SIG 229 Legion. Great firearm, by the way. I own that gun. And you say, you know what? We've been friends for a long time. And you know what? Yeah, you're a felon, but there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to defend yourself. I'll go down there and pick you that fire, pick you up that firearm and transfer it to you. Well, what is that? That's a straw purchase. You're purchasing the gun on behalf of someone who's ineligible to buy their own gun. But, for instance, I've purchased a a firearm to give to my lovely wife for Christmas. And I'm lucky enough to be married to someone who who thinks it's romantic and sexy for their, their spouse to buy them a firearm for Christmas. Now, I don't think all spouses would necessarily feel that way. But I'm I'm blessed in that regard. <laughs> I'm blessed in many ways. But my wife, my beautiful wife, it, it was happy to receive a firearm for Christmas. And it was it legal? Yes, it was completely legal. Because obviously she's eligible to possess her own firearm. I used my own resources. It wouldn't be much of a gift if I didn't use my own resources. I've used my own money to buy that. And then I gave it to her as a present. Is that legal? Yes. And you can do that. And by the way, right about now, I would normally be pitching um, the fact that you should also run out and buy my book, the Gun Safety and Cleaning for Dummies book. And yes, it's so funny. Whenever I talk about this or I post this on social media or whatever, I put an online ad out there for this, people uh, invariably, and a lot of times this comes from lawyers, fellow lawyers, and they'll see my book, the, the Dummies book, and they'll go, oh, guy, I'm a little concerned because that looks like a real Dummies book. You know, there's this line of, you know, 
Microsoft Word for Dummies and Accounting for Dummies. And I mean, these books have been around for generations. And by the way, the publisher for these is Wiley and Sons Publications that uh, has a major office right here in Indianapolis. And I'm not sure if that office is still open, but for years and years, they had a major office right here. And they, they produce these dummies books, you know, this how-to books. And their thing is making everything easier. And they've got their this kind of a yellow and black color scheme, and they've got this kind of goofy-looking character that, that appears on their covers. And it's been a line of how-to books. It's been around for a long, long time. And it's all, of course, copyrighted. And I'm sure the logos are all protected through intellectual property. And then there's a lot of, 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 of intellectual property protection associated with the Wiley & Sons publications and the how-to books. So people come on there and they'll warn me. And they go, Guy, I'm a little concerned because it kind of looks like a real dummies book. And I'm, I think you might be in some legal trouble here. I always have to laugh and go, yo, bro, yes, it's a real dummies book. Wiley and Sons Publications came to me and asked me to write Gun Safety and Cleaning for Dummies. That was in 2012. And yes, I wrote the book. And yes, it's a honest-to-gosh, legitimate dummies book, and it always has been. But my point in bringing that up is that I can't, pitch my dummies book anymore i can't tell you you need to run out as a stocking stuffer which i have done for years well since 2012 because i mean it's sold out and unless i can i can talk the publisher into doing another printing it's uh i think it is a bygone uh potential purchase for you it's no longer available i've got like six of them that i have in my office uh, because I, I had a little bit of a run on them here this holiday season, and man, that's it. They're, that that they are sold out, and 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 I really, I really want to do another printing, uh, just for my own personal selfish reasons, if nothing else. But in the meantime, more importantly, uh, do you want to buy a firearm accessories? Of course. Uh, you know, ladies out there, you know, or or men. You know, if your spouse is a firearm enthusiast, they want ammo. They want a new optic. They want a new red dot sight for their firearm. Handgun, rifle, whatever it might be. They 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 want it they want a class. Buy them a class at gunsight. Out in Paulden, Arizona. I think the finest firearms training facility in the world. And I'm a firearms instructor. I've been a firearms instructor for 30 years, and I'm a student at Gunsight. And I've taken five, I think, six Gunsight classes. Now, not all of those have been in Paulden, Arizona. Several of them have been right here in Indiana because they do come out and teach at the Lebanon Police Department range in Lebanon, Indiana. But the, the, the home range is in Paulden, Arizona, beautiful place, beautiful facility. You know what? Somebody gets a a, a a Christmas card that says, by the way, I've bought you a five-day carbine class in Paulden, Arizona at Gunsight. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, no commercial affiliation. They're not paying me a dime to talk about them. But uh, it, it's, it's as good as it gets. And there are so many other great places. Uh, my gun law class 
hey, I've got one. It's uh, The one on January 6th is full, but I got another one on February 24th, as I'll talk about here more in a bit. Um, still got still got classes available there. Now, Commercial Association, hell yes, that's my class. You're paying me 50 bucks to come to that class? That's my 50 bucks. So, complete disclosure there, too. But in the meantime, uh, training, ammo, accessories, and firearms all on the table in terms of what you want to buy a loved one at Christmas. Here, I'm a little past the quarter hour. It's time to take a break. We're going to take calls Throughout the show, as we always do, 317-239-9393, 317-239-9393. I'm going to get into here next segment. Uh, first of all, I'm going to talk about a federal court ruling uh, on a California law that uh, was clearly unconstitutional. A judge ruled it unconstitutional. I'll talk more about what that means. But then for the bulk of the show, what I want to talk about is what's going on in the Indiana General Assembly. Because we have a new session starting in a matter of days here uh, as soon as as the new year starts. But in the meantime, a lot of bills, in fact, bills have been filed. And you, you, well, no, you will believe. I started to say you won't believe. The number of bills associated with your firearm rights, and the majority of them want to restrict your rights. Majority of them are completely antagonistic to your rights. We'll talk more about that and what's at stake when we come back. Right now, we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WYBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Second to none on the Second Amendment. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. So what is going on in the Indiana General Assembly? And you know, it's kind of interesting. Last year, 2022 was was a, a big year because that's when we got constitutional carry finally passed and it was almost surreal because it, it was it was an amazing process and, and and if you weren't down there if you weren't down at the state house I and mean, i tried to describe it but and by the way if you're new to the gun guy show you're you're not aware of that issue this is permitless carry the ability to carry a handgun uh, without a state issued license in other words in order to exercise your constitutional right to bear arms, you don't have to go down and seek permission from the government to exercise a right a right you already have. And, and I, I have long described a license as the process by which you buy back from the government a right you previously owned. And that's exactly what constitutional carry means is, well, I don't know, if I, have a, if I have a right to free speech, I don't have to go ask the government for permission to exercise my right to free speech. If I have a freedom against unreasonable searches and seizures, I just have that right. I don't have to go buy a license in order to, say, for instance, put a placard on my door that says, hey, I passed my background check. I paid my my licensing fee. The government has given me permission to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. So do not kick my door in because I have my license 
that allows me to possess the right to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. I mean, you even throw that out there. It sounds so ludicrous. It sounds so ridiculous. You say, well, of course. Of course you don't have to do that. It's an inherent right. That's what the Bill of Rights is. It simply protects inherent rights. In the words of the Declaration of Independence, you know, it's one of those rights endowed by our Creator. It's unalienable. Can't be taken away. And the Bill of Rights simply recognizes and protects those rights. And so if it's unalienable, that is the right to defend myself, to protect myself, to defend my life, to defend my family, to defend my home, that's a right I, I was born with, and a government didn't give me that right. It's a natural right in the wording of our founding fathers. And so if it's a natural right, and I, I own that right, I possess that right. The constitutions of not only the state of Indiana, Article 1, Section 32, but the Second Amendment of the Constitution both recognize that right and prevent its infringement, then why on God's earth do I have to go to the government and ask permission to exercise that right? It doesn't make any sense. And we don't treat any other constitutional right like that. Now, the closest thing we have, it was interesting, uh, in, in previous years, before we got constitutional passed last year, we always had, we've had constitutional carry bills entered. My friend Jim Lucas, representative uh, from Seymour, my friend Ben Smaltz, they both introduced multiple constitutional carry bills over the years. We've been fighting this fight for 10 years. And one, one committee hearing I was in, and I was, I was arguing in favor of constitutional carry. And, and, Representative Lucas had made the point during his presentation of his bill that we don't treat any other constitutional right like we do the Second Amendment. And when I got up to testify in favor of the bill, I was, hey, that's what I do. I've been down. That's the reason I formed the two-way project. We'll talk more about the two-way project and where we are right now and what we've got going on. But I was down there to testify, and, and one of the Democrat representatives on this committee challenged me and he said, well, hold on. Isn't there a constitutionally protected right under the First Amendment, freedom of assembly, to peaceably assemble? I said, yes, absolutely. He said, yet if you're going to take up public resources or block public streets, you have to go get a permit, like a parade permit. And so isn't that the same? Do you think that's unconstitutional? I said, absolutely, Representative. If you have a, a freedom to assemble. Now, again, if you're going to occupy public resources, you get into another area. But generally speaking, if I have the, 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 the right to peaceably assemble, I shouldn't have to pay a dime. I shouldn't have to apply for a permit if I'm not blocking any public streets, if I'm not occupying any public resources. I should be able to peaceably assemble. And if somebody makes me apply for a permit, in order to do what the Constitution guarantees me, that is unconstitutional. I'll tell you what, I'll draft the bill to rescind that law. You can file it. I'll be right down here. We'll call it the Restoration of First Amendment Freedom Act, and you and I will champion that and we'll get it done next session. What do you say, Representative? <laughs> I got, got the old fish mouth. You know what I mean by fish mouth? Kind of the open mouth that just kind of moves up and down, no, no words come out. 
So there is. That, that's the closest analog we have. And I've got to tell you, now, again, if you're going to occupy public resources, you want the police to help you do things like block public streets. Or you're going to occupy a, a public space and deny it to others because of your peaceable assembly. All right, I get that. You're not paying the fee to assemble. You're paying the fee to occupy public resources. I think dramatically different. But that's the idea behind constitutional carry. And, and, and we had a 10-year fight. Jim Lucas, Ben Smaltz, Jerry Tor, Peggy Mayfield, Aaron Freeman in the Senate, absolute hero of the Second Amendment, right here in Indianapolis, the Indianapolis area, central Indiana. And a great lawyer, by the way. I mean, we've got so many strong advocates. And, and, and when I hear people, including right here on this radio station, just talk about, oh, well, you know, Republican Party is this, or, or all politicians are that. I mean, everybody's corrupt, and everybody's bought, and all that crap. Uh, you know what? These are people that haven't spent any time at the state house. They haven't, been over, they haven't written a bill. They haven't submitted a bill. They haven't gone over and, and seen good people fighting for good laws that enhance public safety, enhance the rights, including the constitutional rights of Hoosiers. Because that's what I've been doing for decades. I've been doing it a damn long time. And I'm over there and I work with these people and I get the 3 a.m. phone calls and emails and I have the 6 a.m. meetings before we're going to go into a committee hearing at a.m. We're over there and these are these are people doing this on their own nickel. And yeah, okay, legislators are paid a per diem while they're in session. Nobody's getting rich off this. But these are people putting in their own time, on their own hours, busting their ass because they believe in what they're fighting for in the General Assembly. Now, do we have some horrible politicians? You bet. Do we have too much influence from lobbyists? Sure. But if you want to condemn everybody in the legislature, you need to spend more time in the damn legislature. You need to spend more time working on individual issues. Write a bill. Here's my challenge. These people out there every day, oh, Republicans are horrible. They're all, they're all corrupt. They're all in it for themselves. They're all paid off. Okay, all right, do this. You have, a, you have, a, you have an issue that you're passionate about that you care about, whatever it is, write a bill, go to your local legislator and say, I want you to introduce this bill for me, and then I want you and I to fight for this shoulder to shoulder. And if your local legislator, your direct legislator, the person who's in your district, either Senate or representative, won't do it for you, then find another one who will. And then show up, go, go to the committee hearings. Organize the calling campaigns and the email campaigns. Get involved. Once you get involved in the process, you'll see how many good people there are over there fighting for the rights of Hoosiers. Not all of them. There are some I wish never made it into the General Assembly. Some are a waste of oxygen. Some you go to some of the committee hearings, and you get, some of the questions you get from some of these people are so nonsensical. You think, did you read this? Did you read the bill? And do you have any concept of the existing law in this subject matter? I mean, some of these people are a joke. But that's the exception. That's not the rule. And I get so tired of just the, the ongoing flood of criticism when people haven't been involved in the legislative process. Getting involved in the legislative process, then make an informed decision on who's worthy of your support and who's worthy of your, sco of your score. There's some of each, no doubt. But I come back 
get off my soapbox here a little bit. We'll talk about specifics of what's going on in the General Assembly, some of which is very, very dangerous for your Second Amendment rights. Some will actually enhance your Second Amendment rights and protect the firearm industry, which is an industry that's very much under attack right now and very susceptible to a lot of influence and a lot of, a, a, a lot of destructive influence that we all ought to be concerned about if we want to preserve Second Amendment rights here in Indiana. Right now, we're taking a break. Give us a call. You want to join the discussion, 317-239-9393, 317-239-9393. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93W. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. YBC. The show about gun rights, gun safety, and responsible gun ownership. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIPC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. We're glad you're with us. By the way, we got a new producer. Producer Jack is with us today. So, Jack, man, thanks for being here, brother. Glad, glad for you stepping in. Uh, glad you're here. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. So uh, we're a little bit up in the air here, uh, as, as this time of year especially, um, but I really appreciate Jack being here and producing the show. He's doing a fabulous job. Let's go to the phone lines. We've had a couple people call in. And uh, Greg has called in. Greg, welcome to the Gun Guy Show. Hi, Guy. I appreciate everything that you do for the gun community in Indiana. Well, thank you, and, brother. And uh, I just wanted to say um, that, yeah, I've taken your uh, gun law class a couple oh, of awesome. times. It's an excellent class, and I recommend it highly. I appreciate that. Hey, and your 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 twenty bucks is in the mail, man. I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, my question is regarding the current state of me being able to privately sell a firearm. Say I go to this to the Stoutfield gun show next Sunday. Yep. And I'm wanting I, I say I've got some Mosin Nagants I want to sell yep. or something like that. I, if I walk around and I got a, a, a sign says, you know, wanted to sell guns or whatever and somebody comes up and asks me about it, you know, as long as I uh, he provides me with an Indiana license that tells me he's legally a resident and probably a license to carry. Uh, I mean, I've heard stories of ATF agents undercover doing this at gun shows to try to catch people. And I'm just curious as to the current state of that. Well, I'll tell you um, exactly what the law is, Greg. And then I'll also tell you, um, a, uh, a couple of practical considerations because it's really it's an important question, especially when you're talking about doing this at a gun show. And I'll talk uh, more specifically about that. But the law is that as a, a private individual, you can sell a firearm, transfer a firearm to another private individual so long as you don't know and sometimes the law gets applied as or have reason to believe that person's a prohibited possessor and, and they're prohibited from buying their own gun. So as long as you don't know that, then you can legally sell that gun to another private individual. At gun stores, or at gun shows, uh, especially if you're selling more than one firearm, 
first of all, just assume whoever you're talking to, whoever walks up to you as an ATF agent. Because I'll tell you what, they're there. I know. I, I represent clients who've gotten arrested and then getting prosecuted uh, because you know of their activities at gun shows. So there are ATF agents at gun shows. They have targeted gun shows. The Biden administration and the ATF under Biden has specifically said, we're going to gun shows and we're going to find people we think are breaking the law or that we can even make the argument are breaking the law and we're going to arrest them and we're going to prosecute them. So there are undercover ATF agents all over the place at gun shows. So just assume that. And they're looking for two things. They're looking for people that are that are selling multiple guns so they can make the accusation that they're engaged in the business of selling firearms without a firearms license. Because, yes, a private individual can lawfully sell a gun to someone as long as they don't know them to be a prohibited possessor. However, you can't be engaged in the business, which is basically buying and selling firearms repetitively for the purpose of making a profit. And, you know, we all see like, you know, Facebook banned firearm sales, but there are these sites where people try to get around that. They talk code, um, you know, they'll, they'll post a firearm, you know, for discussion and PM me and then you know, we all see it. And there are a lot of people that, that, that do this a lot. People go on the, the websites, gun broker or arms list, and they buy and sell a whole bunch of firearms. ATF is watching those websites like a hawk. They have multiple people whose job it is to monitor those websites. So if you're buying and selling multiple firearms, you're doing it repetitively, and you're doing it with a purpose uh, of making a profit, then you can be arrested and prosecuted for uh, being engaged in the business of buying and selling firearms without a license. Get this. There is no number. Like somebody told me a long time ago, and I have no idea whether this is accurate. So if this is wrong, you know, save your emails and, and social media messages. But somebody told me a long time ago that if you, you buy and sell more than 10 cars a year, you have to have a dealer's license. I have no idea whether that's accurate or not. But there was a number, is my point, associated with this requirement to have a dealer's license. There's no number associated with buying and selling guns for purposes of making a profit. That make you susceptible to being prosecuted for being engaged in the business of buying and selling firearms without a license. There's not a number. So if you set yourself up, I say I go to a gun store, gun show. I go to a gun show and I set myself up with a booth, and I've got guys' firearms and a big sign, and I'm handing out business cards that say, "Guys, guns, best deals in Indy," and I sell one gun. There's a Substantial likelihood, and this comes out of a real case where someone was convicted. They said a person was set up as a business. They portrayed themselves as a business. They sold a gun and they didn't have a license. They can be prosecuted for that. And there are other cases, and I've defended these actual cases, where people are buying and selling multiple guns, dozens of guns. And a lot of them are just enthusiasts or collectors. And the law says, yes, you can liquidate a private collection, but people try to abuse that. You go to a gun show, and I've been to a ton of gun shows, you, we all see the tables where the guy's got the old beat-up wooden carved sign that says liquidating private collection out on the table. And he's got a gazillion guns, you know, got a couple dozen guns out there. You go to the next gun store, he's got a couple of dozen different guns. And he's got the same sign sitting there. And he's, he thinks he's being smart because he's avoiding the law by saying liquidated, liquidating private collection. Well, guess what? 
if they catch you buying a bunch of guns and selling those guns, buying different guns and selling those guns, that's not liquidating a private collection. And they will prosecute you for that. And they're looking for you. They're specifically looking for you to prosecute you for that. There, there are people whose job it is to find you and prosecute you for exactly what we're talking about. So coming back to your question, Greg, can you go to a gun store, sell a private gun, you know, gun privately to another private individual and not break the law? Yes. But just know you're under a microscope. You're being examined on those two issues. Are you selling the gun to someone that you know or should know is a prohibited possessor? Guy walks up, for instance, and says, hey, man, by the way, I got this felony conviction or I got this domestic battery conviction. I can't buy a gun, but, you know, hey, I'll give you an extra hundred bucks if you sell me that gun you're selling here at the gun show. Assume that's an ATF agent. Just assume. And if you sell a gun to that person, you're going to get arrested. The other issue is, again, repetitively buying and selling firearms for the purpose of making a profit without a license. They're looking for you on both of those issues. And uh, you're under a microscope. And gun shows are even more of uh, exactly what I'm talking about, being under the microscope. I'll tell you what, I'm way late going into this break. We come back. I can have a lot of time. I'm going to go to Kelly. My buddy from Avon, uh, when we come back, this is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Your rights, your responsibilities, your guns. This is the Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And I'll tell you what, we got a little bit of a short session. So I think we're just going to uh, introduce a subject with my buddy Kelly from Avon. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about this uh, after the break at the top of the hour. But, Kelly, first of all, welcome back to the Gun Guy Show, man. It's always great to talk to you. Merry Christmas, Guy. It's good to be on. Absolutely. So what do you want to talk about? Well, uh, of the bills that have been introduced so far, uh, Senate Bill 28 by a good friend of the Second Amendment, Jim Toms. You bet. Yeah. Um, introduced discriminatory financial services practices. What it does, it really it codifies what social credit score is. Of course, that was invented by the Chinese Communist Party, and anybody listening to <laughs> exactly this right. it probably scares the heck out of them, uh, except for a few people who are really high up in the financial world who said, hey, i got to get me some of that. Yeah. And um, the more you look into this, the scarier it really gets. I know you've ran into problems selling your for, for Dummies book. Oh, yeah. Because, With credit card yeah. processors that w- w- won't process a credit card because my book has something to do with guns. Yeah, even if it is cleaning and safety, which is right. two things yeah. I, most right. people exactly. are in favor of. <laughs> or, or selling training classes. Same thing. Oh, no, that's promoting gun violence. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. I'm teaching people how to be safe and responsible with guns. Oh, no, we, can't, we won't do business with you. It, it exists out there. It's absolutely true. Yeah, the uh, bill actually goes further than, uh, you know, Folks like yourself with right. a business that's firearms-related, uh, people who want want to buy guns, you know, people like me. But it also mentions fossil fuel uh, industries, things yes. like that. Which, and again, the more you look into that, the scarier it gets. With uh, I know there's something which I'll be in my testimony. I'll be referencing it in. Uh, I think it was North Dakota. How coal companies were having trouble. Their insurance rates were skyrocketing on them, yeah. and companies wouldn't insure them because of 
what is that? The in, exactly. And, and Kelly, uh, forgive me, brother. It's my fault because I was so late going into this segment. We're coming up on the top of the hour. If you want to, you want to stay on the line. We'll bring you back in right now. We got to take a break at the top of the hour. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on ninety-three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIPC. And welcome back for hour number two of the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. We're glad you're with us. By the way, if if a few times my microphone has sounded odd, it's because the uh, the microphone assembly we've got this. It's on a, a big swing arm kind of a thing, and uh, and I've been told for years. I, I'm in my ninth year of doing this show, which kind of shocks me a little bit. But uh, I'm in my ninth year, and so you would think I would know things like this. They've been telling me from day one when you move the the swing arm and the microphone, don't grab it by the microphone. You know, grab it by the the arm, the swing arm, or even the like kind of brace-like deal that the microphone is in. And I always forget that right as we're starting to do the show. And I grab it by the microphone, and I promptly pull the microphone out of the whole assembly, which is then falling in my lap. And I'm trying to put it back in into uh, <clears throat> the, the metal structure that it's otherwise supposed to be contained in. And that can sound a little odd, I would think, if you're out there in radio land trying to listen to the gun guy show. So one of these days, maybe in my 10th year, I will finally figure out how to uh, not screw up grabbing the microphone. In the meantime, my buddy Kelly uh, from Avon has uh, has called in, and I kind of cut you off, Kelly, forgive me for that, because uh, we had a really short segment there approaching the top of the hour. But we were talking about Senate Bill 28 and, and how it uh, prevents financial discrimination, not just against those industries or individuals involved in the firearm industry, but uh, on several other issues. For instance, those people who simply exercise their First Amendment rights to ad- advocate uh, for causes they care about um, and, uh, and, and, and several other issues. And, 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 and this is because you, you, might, you might wonder, if you're listening to this, what problem is this bill trying to fix? It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem because there are financial institutions out there that want to uh, that want to impose their view of society, impose their view of what's right and what's wrong, impose their view on things like equity and diversity and, ex- and, and inclusion and their concept of that on their customers and will refuse to do business with you, and particularly as a business, if you don't line up with their woke agenda. And that's just, that's not an alarmist. That's not an exaggeration. We see it. We see it every day. But Kelly, that's what you and I were talking about. And I did cut you off, buddy, but uh, what else caught your attention about this bill? Oh, um, <clears throat> yeah, like, like you were mentioning there, Guy, uh, this is, the more you look at it, the scarier it gets. 
And I was, um, I got to cut my filibuster down to three to five minutes for when this comes up in uh, committee. Right. Because I just kept uh, going through stuff and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, in uh, 2018, Citibank did this because they didn't like, well, you, this is uh, gun retailers. You're selling guns we don't approve of. And then when I'm, it was a uh, an article by The Hill, which is hardly a bastion of right-wing thought. Right. When they talk about PayPal partnering with the Southern Poverty Law Center, now that's that should stop you in your tracks right there because that's the, the group that said um, Dr. Carol Swain was a white supremacist. Of course, she's a retired uh, Vanderbilt professor and is African-American. Uh, <laughs> this is, yeah. it's, um, the more you look... And then when you look at uh, debit cards is where I'm going to, which, of course, you're accessing your money with a debit card. And then I am going to really kind of focus on that and just how many transactions are done with debit cards every day. And a debit card is you're accessing your own money and how much how that is really taken over from cash. And a lot of it is, uh, you know, uh, 2020, 2021 information i've got here and you know it hasn't gone down and yeah no that, even, you, that, that, yeah you couldn't be more right kelly but you know what buddy i'm gonna i'm gonna back up a little bit and listen you you're a frequent caller to the show you and i go back a long ways you were one of the very early members of the two-way project and and most importantly in my mind you show up when when there's a committee hearing when there's a a bill being considered in the general assembly you show up, and a lot of people listening to this may not understand. They may think, well, you're a paid lobbyist, or, well, it's your job, or, well, there's some special access that you have to be part of the legislative process. And all that's completely false. All that could not be farther from the truth. You're just another private citizen, as I am just another private citizen, and we don't have any special access. We're not lobbyists. We, we don't. We, we, you know, there's there's no key card I have that gets me in to the committee hearings. They're public hearings, so we can just show up. And and you're an example of of what we need more of, Kelly, which is private citizens who are just simply willing to be involved. But I think it bears some discussion, and we and we we've got plenty of time as this legislative session unfolds, and I'm going to talk more about other bills that are pending, good and bad, here on the show. But I think it bears some discussion because you're such a great example, which is 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 what made you become involved. And then let's let's explain to people a little bit that if you care about these issues, if you're vocal about you know, but there's so many people bitching on social media constantly. I see people complain, you know, government's corrupt, government's this, government's that. Well you know what? Be part of the process. Why don't you show up? Why don't you be there? Why don't you be one of the people in the room when these things are being considered? But but tell people how you got involved and what your experience has been. Well, um, I kind of half-jokingly and half-serious say I needed the hobby. Yeah, right. I, um, of course, uh, moved to this area in 2007. I um, had in spring of 2016, uh, shameless plug for the post-9-11 GI Bill. It is awesome. Uh, that was after I retired from the Air Force in 2016. I finished my master's degree, and I said, well, I need a hobby. And uh, golf is a waste of good pasture, in my view. 
And uh, now, golf is been, a waste of a perfectly good rifle range. Is a better way. Oh to yes, that. that too. Yeah. Or you could great graze some cattle out there too. That'd be okay. There you go. Because <laughs> they're tasty. Um, and so I found myself, and it was the first hearing where uh, constitutional carry was actually mentioned in a uh, in the uh, public policy uh, committee. Yeah. And that, that was in 2017. There was a couple guys there who I had known um, through Indiana gun owners, and that was the first time I had met them. And I'm sitting there watching the testimony, and I said, well, I can do that. I mean, the Air Force did teach me to speak in front of people, and uh, quite often in fr- front of very hostile crowds who didn't like what I had to say. So I said, well, I can, heck, I can do this. And so, um, I'm, and I've said, I'm blessed to live as close to the state capitol, the um, state house, as I do, and work even closer than I live to it. Um, from my work, I can be there in 20 minutes, and it's a good five-minute walk to the garage where my car is parked. So that that's definitely a good thing. And I'm also um, have quite a bit of use-or-lose leave every year, so I just project a good chunk for uh, Wednesdays in January and February. And so I know I can, and if there's, uh, of course, they, um, I'm glad they posted the bills a little earlier. I'm a two-finger typist, so it takes me a while to do things. Um, there's not many of us left, but there's a few. Um, so it gives me a chance to get a head start on some of this stuff. Um, uh, of course, you know, I've been with Indiana gun owners for quite a while. Um, been a staff member for about two and a half years now. And so when these things come up, I try to glean through them. And uh, if you need a, a group of people who are who will make the phone calls and send the emails and get the attention of the people at 200 West Washington, uh, Indiana Gun Owners is definitely a bunch that does that. Well, yeah, and I have and, to, and, have to and give them props. And that's what I'm getting to, Kelly. And and listen, we're going to another break. Um, and so uh, thanks for calling, and we appreciate you as always. But what Kelly's talking about is, 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 is just public involvement. Because, listen, for years and years and years, one of the reasons I started the two-way project is because for years and years, we'd have a, a two-way bill, either one that, that enhanced our rights, protect our rights, or one that was attacking our rights. And so there's a public hearing set on that bill. And... I would be there. The local representative from the NRA would be there. And then, in addition, it'd be a complete room full of people with red T-shirts on that say Moms Demand Action on them. And and they'd fill the room. And listen, they boo, they cheer, they hiss, they, 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 they'll attack you when they disagree with you, they'll applaud you when they agree with you. But... I don't have a bit of a problem with anything that they're in there doing. Of course, I have a problem with their agenda. I couldn't disagree more fundamentally with what their agenda is, which is to eradicate your Second Amendment rights. But I don't, I don't begrudge them the participation in the process. That's what democracy is all about. They they have the they they have the the capacity. They have the willingness to show up. And I thought, why is this? We so outnumber these people. Gun rights advocates, gun owners, people that care about their Second Amendment rights, we so dramatically outnumber these people. Why are we not showing up? Why are we not there? And I thought, you know, it's because we're not organized. And yeah, we have, we've always had great local representatives from NRA. Say what you want about the national leadership of, of NRA, which is completely screwed up and needs to be completely revamped and redone and replaced. 
But locally, we've been blessed with some great representatives from NRA. They're here, man. They're there. They're hardworking. They're smart. They're dedicated, and, and they're effective. But it'd be the local NRA rep and me, and here more lately, fine folks like Kelly, but for the most part, a complete room full of people in red T-shirts who were booing and hissing and, and complaining about everything we were trying to accomplish. And I thought, why don't we have a room full of people on our side? And that's why I started the 2A project. So you want to be involved. You want to participate. First of all, you need to know what's going on. And joining a group like the 2A project like will certainly help because we'll get that word out to you. And show up, hey, show up with a blue T-shirt. And the colors are screwed up. You think red, blue, it's a little switched. But they had red, so I wasn't going to emulate their color. That's right. So we went with blue T-shirts for the 2A project. We got a great logo, and it's got an American flag on one sleeve. And a great 2A project logo, Lady Liberty with an AR and a red, white, and blue background. It's pretty awesome. And we show up, and we're there, and we and 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 we support our causes, and and we let those legislators know, and it makes a difference. That you can change the dynamic in the room when you have people there supporting your position. It it, it makes a difference. And you think, well, wait a minute, you know, thirty or forty people in a in a hearing room. These people are—they've got their finger in the air, trying to figure out what their constituents are going to think. Well, that's absolutely true, but on some close calls, the dynamic in the room can make a huge difference. And the number of phone calls and emails—this is even a bigger deal. And that's where you can participate. So as we head into this legislative legislative session, and hey, we're all going to be making—I don't know about all, but a bunch of us are going to be making New Year's resolutions here in a day or so, day or two, or a week or two. Make make one. Say, if I'm listening to the Gun Guy Show. I care about my Second Amendment rights. You know what? In 2024, I'm going to be involved. I'm going to pick up the phone and call my legislator. I'm going to pick up my computer and send off an email. And you know what? I got the time and the wherewithal. I'm going to show up at committee hearings and make my voice heard, just like private citizens. I do it cause, just because I'm a private citizen. I did this long before I ever had a radio show. I just showed up. You fill out a speaker form, say, yes, I want to speak on this particular bill. You turn it in. They call your name. You stand up and you you say what you want to say. That's, demo, that's democracy at work. And and I want so many more people to be involved here this next year and, and beyond because it makes a difference. It so, so much does. But right now we're well past the quarter hour. We're taking a break. Give us a call, 317-239-9393. That's 317-239-9393. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. He's a Second Amendment attorney. He's an NRA certified firearms instructor. He's the gun guy. Guy Relford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. We're glad you're with us on this holiday weekend. I'm excited. It's going to be a a great weekend. I've got almost my whole family together. I have one sister who's not going to be in town. And my beautiful daughter, my baby girl uh, who lives in Jacksonville, she's going to be with with her husband's family uh, in Georgia and not joining us. But uh, other than that, uh, where you've got a, just a great family get together, uh, get together at my house. We're going to have some great food and a great time, celebrate 
uh, this beautiful Christmas and, and uh, the birth of our Savior, uh, most importantly. And, uh, and I hope uh, and I truly wish that you have a fabulous holiday as well. Um, by the way, you can uh, join us on YouTube. Uh, I believe we're broadcasting on YouTube, as we typically do. Um, and uh, uh, just go to YouTube and search for uh, WIBC, and you ought to see the Gun Guy Show come right up. Um, as I always say, I'm not much to look at, so I'm not sure why anybody would necessarily want to do that. But there is a, a chat feature on there, and a lot of people send us messages or make comments on uh, on uh, social media, uh, at Twitter or X, whatever the hell we're calling it these days. I'm just at Guy Relford. And people send me messages, direct messages on there, as well as uh, uh, PMs, private messages on Facebook. Gun Guy WIBC just had a couple of great messages. Uh, Ron uh, sent me a message supporting what we're doing here on the Gun Guy Show, wanting to be more involved. Michaela uh, sent us a, a very nice message uh, saying she's listening and she's enthused about being more involved. And uh, and we certainly welcome that. And Michaela, thank you for that as well. So uh, Guy Relford on Twitter the Gun Guy WIBC on Facebook. Uh, give me a follow or a like or whatever the hell that is uh, on Twitter as well. I'm trying to build that following. And uh, please do all of that. But in the meantime, let's get back to what we're talking about, what's going on in this legislative session. And uh, as, I, as I said, there are a bunch of bills. I mean, if you go and you want to see what's pending, go to uh, the Indiana General Assembly website. And it's just IGA. Indiana General Assembly, iga.in.gov, iga.in.gov, and then click on legislation, it says bills, boom, you get a whole list, and it has a search feature, and for instance, I went on there today, and, and the, the, the bills haven't been posted for very long, in fact, I didn't know they were posted at all, and I started getting some comments, including our buddy Kelly, who was just on the line, uh, sent me a message, asked me about Senate Bill 28, which we were just discussing that prevents uh, financial discrimination. And I said, he said, have you seen Senate Bill 28? And I went, no, I have no idea what you're talking about, because I didn't know it had a number. And and it doesn't have a number until it, it shows up on the website, and it's assigned a number in the General Assembly. And so I didn't know the bills were posted. So I've been on there and I've been reading all this. And there's a whole bunch there. And I'm going to be talking about uh, a lot more of these bills. But one that got my attention, I mean, a bunch, whole bunch of these get, got my attention. And I'll be talking a lot more about these as we head in, into the session after the first of the year. But Senate Bill 26, and it's by Lonnie Randolph. And um, Lonnie Randolph is a longtime Democrat in the General Assembly, and he's on a lot of the committees, uh, including the, I believe, the Senate Judiciary Committee that I've testified in front of a whole bunch of times. And he's a Democrat, extremely anti-Second Amendment. And and one of the bills, he has a whole bunch of bills and, and, and a whole bunch of anti-Second Amendment bills, but one of them would prohibit a person from possessing a firearm at a polling place, a place where you go to vote. And and I, I, I paid particular attention to this because this is an issue I have some familiarity and some involvement in. Specifically, uh, there's never been a law in Indiana, and there's no federal law. It says it's illegal to have a gun in a polling place. Now, if your polling place is already a place where firearms are prohibited, like a school, all right, then 
you have to follow the law with respect to the Gun-Free School Zones Act. There's a federal law and, and there's a state law that establishes exactly that. You have a, can't have a gun on school property. There's exceptions to that under the state law for, for being in, in your vehicle and whatnot, but you can't take a gun into the building. But if, you're, if your polling place where you go to vote is not already a, 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 a so-called gun-free zone, and I, as I talked about last week, and I'll talk more about on this show if I have time, there's no such thing as a gun-free zone. Some places where only criminals have guns, or some places where everybody can have a gun, or some places where only law-abiding citizens can have a gun. And that's places where there's security and metal detectors and people with guns to prevent the people who may not have a gun in that location from being there with their firearm. But there's no such thing as a gun-free zone. But at any rate, in those places, if, if, if your polling place is not is a place where it's already prohibited to have a gun, you can carry a gun in the polling place. And I represented a client named Clay Ettinger. Clay's a hero of mine. He was a, a Marine for a long time, um, then briefly left uh, military service and rejoined the Navy. He's now a chaplain in the Navy, and, and he's a badass and, 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 and a man of God and a, a person who became a good friend of mine. And he and I, uh, through the St. Joseph County Election Board, were able to educate a lot of election workers— a lot of poll workers across the entire state of Indiana were at the bottom of the hour. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go into that and how it is we educated a whole bunch of poll workers through, across the entire state. I'm still very proud of this. And, and, and a lot of it's through the really the heroism and involvement of Clay. I'll go into that and discuss that a little bit more and then talk about what this bill says. And we'll talk a little bit more as much as we have time for on this show. We'll talk more about it on, on coming shows, about what's going on in the General Assembly. Right now, we're at the bottom of the hour. We're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Second to none on the Second Amendment. This is the Gun Guy with Guy Ralford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back to the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. We're thrilled you're with us. That's what I'm excited to show up here uh, on my board as a caller. Uh, Sheriff Ken Campbell, also CEO of Gunsight. Now, if, 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 you're, if you're a cynic, you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, the CEO of Gunsight is calling in after Guy opened the show talking about what gifts you can give to a loved one and mentioned uh, a class at Gunsight. There is no connection here. Ken, I knew you were in town because of your social media, so I can't lie about that. But I had no idea you were calling, and uh, and I had I received no inducement whatsoever to mention Gunsight earlier in the show. No, no, you don't. And honestly, I was squirrel hunting earlier, and I didn't hear the opening of your show. Okay, so, all right. Um, I'm just just calling in because we're friends and I've been listening and uh, I just wanted to applaud you for the the ongoing regular hard work you do and in following these bills testifying at the legislature uh, central Indiana Indiana just doesn't realize what a gym they've got in you uh, uh-huh. out there watching being a watchdog on these things so thank you for doing that well can I especially coming from you uh, that means a lot and and again if you don't know who I'm talking to Ken Campbell um, uh, was my sheriff, uh, was the Boone County Sheriff, uh, until he termed out. Um, 
and uh, and I was I was I was proud and thrilled to have him as as my sheriff. He's also there on the sheriff's department for a long time, whole career in law enforcement. Retires from law enforcement, and then uh, goes out and takes, I think, a dream job because he was also at the same time he was sheriff and on the uh, on the sheriff's department in Boone County. He's also an instructor and taught a ladies only class, taught pistol classes, taught one of the most popular classes around Central Indiana. So he was teaching private citizens how to shoot as well as teaching his his deputies how to shoot, and so leaves law enforcement and then I think takes what is an absolute dream job, which is go out and be uh, not only an executive but an instructor and a range master at Gunsight Training Academy out in Paulden, Arizona. And now uh, got promoted uh, and uh, is actually CEO of Gunsight, which again, I, and I'm not saying this because you're my friend. I'm not saying this because I love taking training there uh, so that I'm somehow prejudiced. I, I say this as objectively as I can muster. I think Gunsight's the best training f- facility anywhere in the world, uh, certainly in the in, 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 in the United States, and uh, I'm thrilled uh, to be a graduate. Um, Multiple but- graduate. Uh, multiple, multiple time graduate, absolutely, yeah. and uh, and I get humble, I get real humble, real fast <laughs> when uh, I take a gunsight course. But that's but that's good. That's what that's what makes you better, right? It, it is exactly. Thank you for the kind words there. I'm blessed to have a uh, a great team of people. Right, the old Ronald Reagan adage: "You surround yourself with good people you trust and empower them to act." And I've got a great team of people at Gunsight, and that's why we're the we're forty forty eight plus years old. We're the oldest private, oldest and largest privately owned firearms training academy in the world. And I'm proud to be at the helm of that. But again, I give all the credit to the great instructors and administrative staff that we've got there and my boss, Buzz Mills, who owns Gunsight and the great sport I get from him as well. So it's fun. I get to meet neat people from all over the world, ranging from you to King Abdullah, the King of Jordan and his family, um, special forces. Oh, yeah. Television uh, celebrities multiple times. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Selleck is a multiple gunsight grad. Yeah. Some other celebrities, only they just can't talk about it because, sure. sadly, in the music and film industry, they get blackballed yeah. if they're pro-gun. <laughs> Exactly right. Many of those, we just, yeah, we just can't talk about it. One of them even writes a blog, a very noted person in the music industry. And he writes a firearms blog, but he has to use a pseudonym. Isn't that something? So it's sad is what it is. Uh, But anyway, I I get to meet all kinds of neat people. But our bread and butter is, is your audience, the folks we're talking to right now. It's we're not just solely military or law enforcement. Our majority of our students are good Americans, and we train them. We train them to stay alive. Well, and it, that's a wonderful thing. Exactly right. And you know, no matter what uh, skill level you're at or experience level you're at, and and for instance, I I was out there last fall. And I had a, just a fabulous time taking a, a, a carbine class, a little, little bit of pistol mixed in with that, but primarily carbine, five-day class. And uh, and I, my old knees uh, were, were uh, giving me a <laughs> bit of a challenge, but I, I learned so much. And I've been shooting carbines you know, for a long, long time, and I've taken multiple gunsight carbine classes already. And, you know, there were, there, were, there were a couple of people in my class, Ken, that had never shot an AR in their life, actually rented a gun from gunsight in order to take the class. And there were other people there who were advanced instructors uh, who had been teaching other people how to shoot um, uh, carbines, you know, the AR, the AK, that that general platform. And 
And and what was cool to see, and you know, as a longtime instructor myself, I'm always watching the instruction going on, and and just curious how different people, different organizations teach. And and it, and it was it was so satisfying to me and impressive to me to see that everybody learned, everybody got better, and it didn't matter what level you were going into the class. And that's challenging. That can't be easy for anybody to do. Well, thank you. Again, we've got great instructors and a very successful lesson plan that is very adaptable. Uh, there are so many uh, new gun owners. You know, they talk about 10 million new gun owners. I believe it. And fortunately, many, many of them are getting trained. And you know how crucial that is. Oh, yeah. Just because you own a piano does not make you a musician. So <laughs> we've had so many new gun owners in pistol and in carbine. We started a one-day class called Day Zero. And it's the Sunday preceding your class, and it's for the people that bring a gun in a box and say, I don't know anything about this. And it has really taken off and really made these folks more comfortable. Some of them never shot on a firing line. Um, It it just makes their first true day of class so much better. So we're very happy we added that. And I had to be careful. I didn't want people to think I was trying to get just another day's tuition. But what it's done and what we've seen from the evaluations from the students is that they're very happy they did this, and it made the rest of their week so much easier. So, you know, we're always adapting and growing and, and trying to find new ways and better ways. And, you know, it, it, talking to you, Ken, and again, this was not planned. I had no idea you were going to call in, although I'm thrilled that you did. Um, also makes me think, you know, I opened the show talking about how, yes, in fact, it is legal um, to use your own money, your own resources, buy a gun and gift it to someone. Oh, yeah. Uh, not a violation of Indiana nor federal law. Um, but, man, what a, what a great gift as well to buy someone the gift of training to make them safe, responsible, uh, and competent with that firearm. Man, that, that's a pretty damn good gift. Well, to quote one of my favorite Christmas movies, uh, Christmas Vacation, it's Cousin Eddie. Clark, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is. It's a great gift because it's something that uh, – yeah, you can do that big screen TV, but will any of those cool gifts save their life? Exactly. And, uh, and training will. That's that's what it's about. Well, and I and I got to tell you, and, and we're we're here at a at time for a break, but uh, but let's leave this conversation with this. It's not all that bad to go um, to the high desert of Arizona uh, for a, a trip to take some some really fabulous training as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, and we also come to Lebanon, as you know. Uh, we do three-day uh, formats, shortened formats there as well. So, Gunsight, I didn't call to come into Africa, call to advertise Gunsight. I can't call just to talk to you and, and brag. No, no, I, I know. On, but on I'm such a fan, doing, but... I, I can't help it. <laughs> but Gunsight.com, and it'll talk about the local classes and Nashville, Tennessee classes. But also, come on out to Disneyland with guns at, at the high desert in northern Arizona. So, awesome. Merry Christmas to you and your family, my friend. Thanks, Ken. I got to tell you, we had, we had to find an opportunity to have a a bourbon and a cigar here sooner than later as well. We did we did when I came to Paulden, and you were gracious yes, enough to host me uh, there at your, at your home with your lovely wife. Uh, but we gotta we gotta do that again because uh, well, we can do it again. We, can, we moved into the new house now, so we're four minutes from the ranch. So you got to come back. There out. you go. I'll combine both those things. Ken Campbell, CEO of Gunsight, uh, and uh, a good friend of mine, and a great friend of the show, and a, a, a great advocate for the Second Amendment. We're at the Thanks. three quarter hours. Time to take a break. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on ninety three. WIBC. The show about gun rights, gun safety, and responsible gun ownership. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIPC. 
And welcome back to the last segment here of the Gun Guy Show. Uh, we're so glad you joined us. Got a little bit of a short segment. Now, i got to tell you, I didn't get into nearly as many of uh, the legislative issues. But you know what? This, it's a long session, and we got a lot of time, and I'll get a lot more into it. But I'm excited that my friend Ken Campbell called, and uh, you know, believe it or not, it really wasn't planned. And uh, and uh, there was no inducement there to promote gunsight. I'm just a fan. I'm a student. I'm a graduate. And a bit of a fanboy, uh, I fully admit. Uh, but that was neat. Uh, Ken's a, a great instructor and a great human being, and I'm, I'm really glad he called. Um, as much it really was a surprise. But but I'll leave it with this: um, this bill that I was talking about before the last segment, make it illegal to carry a gun in a polling place. First of all, if you want to go commit a serious crime, you want to go shoot up a polling place, and it's not a place where there are metal detectors and, and people with guns to keep you out of there. If you want to go shoot up a polling place just because you're a criminal or a terrorist or a psycho, are you going to care about this new law? You're not, you're not, you're not afraid about committing murder. So who's this aimed at? I mean, it's, it's aimed at those of us who, who carry a gun every day, who aren't going to relinquish not voluntarily, relinquish one constitutional right in order to go exercise the right to vote. Does that make any sense to you? And again, Clay Edinger, my client, this goes back, oh gosh, got to be close to 10 years ago. But Clay went to go vote. This is in St. Joseph County, South Bend. He went to go vote and he was carrying a gun. He, I believe at the time, was home on leave from the Marine Corps. So here's a, a Marine... The United States soldier, having been deployed, comes home, is exercising his Second Amendment right. He's going to go vote, and his polling place was at a fire station in South Bend, St. Joseph County. And there's nothing illegal about carrying a gun at a fire station. So he's carrying his gun, he's going in to vote. And some guy who was both an assistant police chief, if I, if I remember correctly, and an assistant fire chief at a volunteer fire department, is working there at the fire station at the polling place and says, you can't bring a gun in here. It's illegal to have a gun in a polling place. And Clay, being a smart guy and educated on the topic, said, no, it's not. Well, it's illegal to have a gun in a fire station. No, it's not. Well, I'm in charge here and you can't bring a gun into my fire station. He says, well, you're breaking the law. Because the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act, and again, there's a bill trying to repeal big, great, big, huge chunks of this, says local governments, like, oh, say, St. Joseph County or the city of South Bend can't make up their own fire reg or firearm regulations and impose those on citizens. So he said, but you telling me I can't come in here and vote when there's no state law or federal law that says so is a local regulation of firearms. That's illegal. The guy said, I don't know what you're talking about, but you can't come vote. He called me from the fire station. I tried to get a hold of the, the sheriff up there slash police chief, to say, hey, you're breaking the law up there. Let this guy go vote. And I couldn't get a hold of anybody. Well, he's busy. Okay. So what do we do? We sued him. And what do we do? We got a great big old settlement, and we've, in the process, educated poll workers and election workers all across the state that you can't prohibit firearms. Now we got a state bill that wants to eradicate that ride as well. That's it for this week. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC.